No Junk Mail presents The Trading Post, narrated by the author, James R. Von Felt. Chapter 17, Day 13. I must have dozed off, because I remember the camp being dark, except for the fire. Then it was suddenly light, enough to see everything around me. The sun had actually risen. We had not seen the sun for many, many days. Streams of sunlight were streaking through the forest around us. It was beautiful to see. Brave was sitting next to me, with his bow and arrow at hand, watching Jake and Sam. He had apparently taken my place on guard duty when I fell asleep. I heard Alex talking to Inu about Sam throwing his pistol into the woods when Jake hit him. Things had happened so fast, it was hard to tell which way the pistol had gone. We combed the woods, and eventually we found it. It had one shell left in it. It was also a Colt forty-five, so Philip reloaded it. Then we had three fully loaded pistols for protection. As always, the first thing was for Longhair to heat the water, make the medicine and treat Daryl and Alex. Longhair treated Daryl first. Daryl was healing well and was able to help out, even if it was with only one arm. Alex's wounds took more time to treat. There was hardly any oozing, and the swelling and redness had gone down a lot. Longhair no longer pressed the hot knife into the wounds, but he did apply his hot liquid along with new poultice and clean bandages. Longhair also had a new patient, Jake. He had Brave hold Jake down on his stomach while he treated the arrow wound. He cut a hole in Jake's shirt around the wound, then treated the wound with the hot water and knife. Finally, he bandaged the shoulder with a clean strip of shirt. Looney stirred up the cook fire, and it was going good. In about an hour or so, Billy and Darrell were back in camp with five fish, a mess of crawdads and pockets full of roots and leaves. We ate our fill and gave some to Jake and Sam, who complained all the time about their rough treatment. After we ate, Daryl and Alex, armed with the pistols, guarded the prisoners. The rest of us headed for the camp we had made just off the beach, the camp where we had left the furs and a few supplies. Our mission was to retrieve everything that we could use to get us to the trading post. As we left the woods, we noticed something large and dark in the water just off the beach. A rowboat. It was bigger than a normal rowboat. It could hold six people easy. Now we understood how Jake and Sam had landed on the beach. We figured they had stolen the boat somewhere, probably from the trading post. The boat was in shallow water, so we waded out, pulled up the anchor, and brought it up on the beach to make sure we wouldn't lose it. There was an empty liquor bottle in the boat, along with oars and about 50 feet of 3 8 inch hemp rope tied to the anchor. Philip cut a length of the rope and took it back to the hunting camp to tie up Jake and Sam properly. After we beached the rowboat, we headed for our old camp to get Inu's furs. We estimated the walk to be about 8 miles from the hunting camp Wonder of wonders, 
The sun peeked out from behind the clouds all afternoon. In addition, the wind was light and from the south, so it felt warmer. When we arrived at the raft camp, everything was just as we had left it. Most important, the furs were still piled together in the back frames. We gathered everything and returned to our landing site on the beach. The raft poles and logs were there, except for the ones that had broken off and floated away with Inu. Our first job was to rebuild the raft and float it and the furs back to the hunting camp. Once there, we'd make it larger and stronger for the lake crossing. It took us a while to drag the logs and poles into the water and to lash them together. We used what was left of the anchor rope, backpack rope, and bark strip rope to tie the logs as best we could. When the raft was done and in the water, we loaded the furs. The last job was the hardest, floating the loaded raft eight miles along the shoreline to the hunting camp. Three of us waded in shallow water and pulled the raft after us. The other three walked along the beach till it was their turn to pull the raft. Even though we took turns, it was slow going. We were all tired when we finally got to the shore in front of the hunting camp. Then we had to unload the raft, take it apart, and drag the logs onto the beach so they wouldn't wash away. By dusk, we were exhausted, but we had gotten a big part of the work done. When we got back to camp, Billy and Inu replaced Alex and Daryl as guards. The rest of us foraged for food once again. We had some deer meat left, but Brave and Longhair decided to go hunting for another deer. Later, they returned with a deer carcass. It was getting dark. They made the kill with bows and arrows. When we saw them coming, we ran to help carry the carcass to camp. Brave cut pieces of meat off the carcass to roast, while we stretched the deer skin on the rack the hunting party had built for that purpose. We hung the rest of the carcass in a tree to keep it from animals. The cook fire was still burning. It didn't take long to fill the cook pot with chunks of meat. Two other all-night fires were going, and we were in good spirits. Everyone, that is except Jake and Sam, who were constantly causing problems. They were loud and grumpy, and they were constantly insulting everyone, even each other. They bickered about everything and blamed each other and us for their current predicament. After we ate and rested a bit, we changed guards again. This time, Longhair and Philip took guard duty. The rest of us hashed over the plans for the next leg of our journey. We had to cross the lake to get to the trading post, and now we had the raft and the rowboat. The rowboat was a stroke of good fortune. The prisoners, Jake and Sam, were bad fortune. Yet we agreed that we had to take them to the trading post. We were not going to let them get away with what they had done to us. Even now, they were waiting for a chance to escape. And who knew what would happen if they did? The money box, as we called it, was a puzzle. We guessed that they had stolen the money and bullets, but we had no idea where the haul had come from. We had decided to give the box and its contents to the sheriff, because as Looney said, he'd know what to do with it. 
Longhair and Brave sat in on the discussion. They didn't say much, but when they did, Inu or Philip translated. We were starting to use more signs, and we understood a few more of their words. They were helping us plan. Since Brave had been to the trading post, he knew it was southwest of our camp. If we just drifted south, we would go to the other shore, but we would be a long way east of the trading post. This would make it hard to handle Jake and Sam, so we decided to row west as we floated south across the lake. It was late that night when we reached agreement on what we were going to do and how to do it. We were going to build two rafts, one for the furs and us, and another one for the prisoners. Four people would be in the rowboat, five on the big raft, and two on the prisoner raft. The rowboat would lead the way and would pull the rafts, and the main raft would also have people paddling. Brave, long-haired Inu and I were to man the rowboat. It would be the hardest work. Alex, Daryl, Philip, Looney, and Billy would be on the big raft with the furs. Since we couldn't trust Jake and Sam at all, they would be tied down on the small raft. We also knew that we would have to wait for a favorable breeze to push us across the lake. So far, the wind was against us, coming from the south, but it would change in time. So we set up watches for the night and turned in, but we didn't get much sleep. Jake and Sam had dozed off and on all day, and now they were determined to keep us up all night. I suppose they were hoping to wear us out so we wouldn't be as careful when we were guarding them, and then they might be able to escape. By the second watch, we were getting really tired of their ranting and cursing. Longhair and Looney were on the second watch, and Longhair figured a way to quiet them. He made a small broom out of pine boughs, and whenever Sam or Jake started yelling, he swatted them in the face. After a while, they got tired of the swats and went to sleep. Story continued on Chapter 18.